good. There you go. Catch. Well, OBS decided to change my microphone input, so there's that. Yeah. All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Whiskey Wednesdays, a Fools and Flagon show where I, the DM, review and discuss various topics regarding D&D as suggested by you and the lovely people in our Discord. And currently tonight, we've got uh, Kirsten Pez and Kirsten Pez, Kirsten, Nim, and Zach uh, joining me tonight. Uh, Whiskey Wednesdays will be available in podcast form the Wednesday after we go live uh, on iTunes, Spotify, and other mainstream podcast services, and the VOD will also be available on our YouTube channel the same day. Donations are never required, but always appreciated. If you would like to support us, stop that. Please consider our coffee page. All proceeds from donations and memberships go straight back into making Fools and Flaggins an even better experience. Hamburger is not here, and it helps keep the podcast alive and well. It's tradition. It is tradition, but stop it. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't think I've ever asked this, but am I the only one that actually drinks on Whiskey Wednesdays? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Well, you don't drink at all. Maybe. Well, Regardless, uh, as is also the tradition, the people that suggest the topics are not here to discuss them, so we shall do it ourselves. <laughs> They're falling into our trap. So, uh, starting off is uh, Magical Tattoos. I'm not 100% sure what the question was, but before we get too terribly underway, I need to take my first drink of whiskey. Ooh, what kind of whiskey? Ah, uh, we're going with powers again tonight. Mm. All right. So, uh, the basic rules of magical tattoos, this will span pretty much over every single type of tattoo, so I'm not going to cover it for every single one. Uh, produced by a special needle, this magic tattoo features beautiful calligraphy, images of writing implements, and the like. This is... The description for this one is specifically for the Illuminator's tattoo. Mm -hmm. It requires attunement, and to attune to it, you hold the needle to your skin where you want the tattoo to appear, pressing the needle there throughout the attunement process. When the attunement is complete, the needle turns into the ink that becomes the tattoo, which appears on the skin. If your attunement to the tattoo ends, the tattoo vanishes, and the needle reappears in your space. Uh, magical scribing, this is uh, specifically for the Illuminator's tattoo. While this tattoo is on your skin, you can write with your fingertip as if it were an ink pen that never runs out of ink. As an action, you can touch a piece of writing up to one page in length and speak a creature's name. The writing becomes invisible to everyone other than you and the named creature for the next 24 hours. Either of you can dismiss the invisibility by touching the script... Once used, this action can't be used again until the next dawn. <clears throat> and generally speaking, the rarity of the tattoo will determine uh, how much is covered on your body. So a common rarity tattoo will uh, cover one hand or foot or a quarter of a limb. Uncommon covers half a limb or the scalp. A rare tattoo will cover one entire limb. Very rare tattoos uh, cover two limbs or the chest or upper back, and a legendary tattoo covers two limbs and the torso. 
So, cool. yeah, basically the Illuminator's tattoo is um, you can write without a pen and you can make shit invisible except for you and one other person. So, pretty cool. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the next one. The masquerade tattoo. Um, fluid ink. As a bonus action, you can shape the tattoo into any color or pattern and move it to any area of your skin. Whatever form it takes, it is always obviously a tattoo. It can range in size from no smaller than a copper piece to an intricate work of art that covers all your skin. You also get Disguise Self. <clears throat> As an action, you can use the tattoo to cast the Disguise Self spell, a DC of 13 to discern the disguise. Once the spell is cast from the tattoo, it cannot be cast from the tattoo again until the next dawn. Dim, do you think Pez would ever use one of these? A magical tattoo? Yeah. Yeah, he would. I think okay. Kasumi would. I absolutely think Kasumi would. The question is, is which one? So we'll have a little bit of a quiz when I'm done going through all of these. There's only two, four, six, eight. There's only ten of them. So okay, sh shouldn't take too terribly long. Oh, this one, though. <clears throat> all right, so this is called the Spell Rot Tattoo. Um, produced by a special needle... This magic tattoo contains a single spell of up to 5th level, wrought on your skin by a magic needle. To use the tattoo, you must hold the needle, blah blah blah, we know what that is. Uh, once the tattoo is there, you can cast its spell requiring no material components. The tattoo glows faintly while you cast the spell and for the spell's duration. Once the spell ends, the tattoo vanishes from your skin. Mm. The level of the spell in the tattoo determines the spell's saving throw DC, attack bonus, spell casting ability modifier, and the tattoo's rarity as shown in the spell rot tattoo table. So, um, basically this chart is saying that from cantrip to second level is a spell save of 13, and its attack bonus is plus 5. Uh, the spell casting ability modifier is plus 3. At third and fourth level, the spellcasting modifier goes up to plus four, the DC becomes 15, and the attack bonus is plus seven. At fifth level, the spellcasting ability modifier is plus five, the save is 17, and the attack bonus is plus nine. When you say bone, like spellcasting modifier, what do you mean by that exactly? So the spellcasting modifier is essential because you've either got the spellcasting modifier or the spell save DC. The spellcasting modifier is something like Guiding Bolt, where you, the player who owns the spell, has to roll to damage. The spell save DC is more in line with, like, Fireball, where you're forcing the opponent to make a save. So as, for example, a 5th level spell, let's say that you got a spell rot tattoo that's an upcasted Fireball. Mm -hmm. The spell save DC, which would be a dexterity or a dexterity save, they would have to beat a 17 because the spell save DC is 17. Okay. Same situation, you upcast a uh, guiding bolt uh, into the tattoo. You roll a d20 and you add five because the spell casting ability modifier is plus five. 
The attack bonus is that additional damage that when you roll the dice, when it's like roll 6d6 plus 5, that plus 5 is the attack bonus. So for a 5th level spell, it's plus 9. Make sense? Yep. Okay. It works just like if you're casting at a higher level for the most part. Yeah, or if you're just casting a 5th level. No, granted, this doesn't say anything about upcasting a spell. It says casting a 5th level spell. In my own head, I'm going to rule that if you were to have Fireball upcast, I'd allow that. No, no, I mean, like, <clears throat> you yourself would be at a higher level Wildcat. So, for example, like you're talking about how all of the stuff goes up, depending on what the spell is. The spell level, so yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's like if you were casting it, like, instead of you being at level 5 casting, it'd be like if you were at level 7 casting it with different gear or stats that would modify it normally as well. It's it's almost like you're casting the spell from a spell scroll, but it's a tattoo instead. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the barrier tattoo. You get protection. While you are not wearing armor, the tattoo grants you an armor class depending on the tattoo's rarity. Uh, and you can also use you can also use a shield and still gain the shield's benefit. So an uncommon version of this tattoo gives is uh, gives you an AC of twelve plus your dex. A rare version of this is fifteen plus your dex to a maximum of plus two. So the highest you'd be able to get is an AC of 17. And a very rare version of this tattoo gives you an AC of 18. Period. Oh, so no plus to your, from your decks or anything like that? Not with the very rare. No, it's just flat 18. So, actually, question. Uh-huh. So this does not count as armor, though, correct? It does. Well, no, no, no. Sorry. It counts as armor. But what I mean is, like, so for the purposes of... Uh, I use the item like bracers of defect, give you plus two AC. But the caveat is you cannot be wearing physical armor. Technically, yes. If you have another magical or wondrous item that is not considered armor, yes, that okay. should work. Because it also says you can use a shield and still gain its benefit. A shield okay, is so not then, technically yeah, so, armor. Yeah. So then, yeah. So technically, if you deck yourself out, with this tattoo, a shield, and braces of defense, you can have yourself up to 22. Yeah, theoretically. Pretty sexy. <laughs> cool. Uh, next up, we have the Coiling Grasp tattoo. And it basically gives you the Grasping Tendrils spell, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while the tattoo is on your skin, you can, as an action... Cause the tattoo to extrude into inky tendrils, which reach for a creature you can see within 15 feet of you. That creature must succeed on a DC 14 strength saving throw or take 3d6 force damage and be grappled by you. As an action, the creature can escape the grapple by succeeding on a DC 14 strength athletics or dexterity acrobatics check. The grapple also ends if you halt it, no action required. If the creature is ever more than 15 feet away from you, or if you use the tattoo on a different creature. So this one looks is actually the first one that we've really seen that can be used multiple times. Because the other one, the first two, it was once per day. It resets at dawn. Spell rot is a use it and lose it. And the barrier is just, uh, you know, AC. But 
it, it could be an interesting one. I, I'm trying to think of a situation where this would be... Or what class this would be the most beneficial on. Monk. Did you say punk? Monk. Oh, monk. <laughs> a punk monk. Yeah, I suppose a monk would be pretty good. The only thing that kind of sucks is that it takes a whole action to use. <clears throat> but then again, like you said, if you're playing a monk, then bonus action flurry of blows after using your movement to close the distance. So, yeah, that kind of checks out. <clears throat> Not to mention it's a... Um, it's a saving throw, so you're putting it onto the DM to avoid it. Hmm. Right. Well, uh, next up, we've got Eldritch Claw Tattoo. Magical strikes. While the tattoo is on your skin, your unarmed strikes are considered magical for the purpose of overcoming immunity and resistance to non-magical attacks. And you gain a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls with unarmed strikes. So again, that's gonna be that would be very good for monks. Even though monks technically already get their punches to become magical just by leveling up, but regardless, uh, you also get Eldritch Maul. As a bonus action, you can empower the tattoo for one minute. Mm -hmm. For the duration, each of your melee attacks with a weapon or an unarmed strike can reach a target up to 15 feet away from you as inky tendrils launch toward the target. In addition, your melee attacks deal an extra 1d6 force damage on hit. Once used, this bonus action can't be used again until the next dawn. That's kind of... <laughs> you can attack people with hentai and <clears throat> yourself at the same time. Well, I mean, for a one-time use ability, only doing one extra d6 of force damage with an unarmed or a melee attack, that's, that's not a lot. That's not... I mean, I I can't really think of who else this would be really good on except for maybe monks. But again, monks get magical unarmed strikes. Rarity. Huh? What is its rarity? Uh, it is uncommon. Yeah, that explains a lot. A green item, you're going to acquire that at a lower level. True. So this may be one of those things where you might get this before your attacks are magical as a monk. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things that you'll transition into having and then possibly transition out of having it. At some yeah, point. I suppose. I mean, I'm not saying that's a good excuse. I'm just saying that that's probably. No, I. I mean, it. it, it yeah, it checks out. Uh, this next one is um, quite lengthy. It's called the absorbing tattoo. While the tattoo is on your skin, you have resistance to a type of damage associated with that color, as shown in the table below. The DM chooses a color or determines it randomly. So you can basically get a tattoo of any resistance. Acid, cold, fire, force, lightning, necrotic, poison, psychic, radiant, and thunder. Um, you also get damage absorption. When you take damage of the chosen type, you can use a reaction to gain immunity against that instance of the damage. And you regain a number of hit points equal to half the damage you would have taken. Once this reaction is used, it cannot be used again until the next dawn. That is huge! Hmm. 
that is that's fucking massive that's <laughs> that's really fucking significant i mean just imagine you're fighting a dragon you resist the damage because of the the tattoo and then you use your reaction to heal back half the damage that was dealt so you like double resist Oh, no, no, not, no, sorry, you use your reaction, become immune, and then heal. So you take no damage, heal up half of what you took, and then just flip them the bird. That's wild. You'd really have to plan ahead, though, and get the right color tattoo, though. Mm-hmm. Uh... I can just see all of you guys going, let's go get tattoos together. No. <laughs> Fucking turn into the Power Rangers. You really want Zon <clears throat> to have more power? Like, really? Yeah, I'm just going to move on. I don't even mean, that to, don't even mean <clears throat> that to be a dick. I'm just like, listen, I'm all about min-maxing, but Zon already has tattoos. Do you? Yeah. If you, the image of my character, you can actually see part of it. It's covered up by armor, but he does. He has to tattoo up his leg. Huh. Yeah. I learned something today. Mm -hmm. Well, I've uh, talked to you about it before, but that was a long, long time ago. Yep, don't remember. Uh, this next one is Ghost Step Tattoo. You guys have actually seen this one already. Woo. The tattoo has three charges and it regains all expended charges daily at dawn. As a bonus action, while the tattoo is on your skin, you can expend one of the tattoo's charges to become incorporeal until the end of your next turn. For the duration, you gain the following benefits. You have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from non-magical attacks. You cannot be grappled or restrained. You can move through creatures and solid objects as if they were difficult terrain. If you're injured turn in a solid object, you take 1d10 force damage. If the effect ends while you're inside a solid object, you are instead shunted to the nearest unoccupied space, and you take 1d10 force damage for every 5 feet traveled. Hmm. <clears throat> Alright, only two more. Uh, we got the life well tattoo. It gives you resistance to necrotic damage, and you get Ooh. life ward. When you would be reduced to zero hit points, you drop to one hit point instead. Once used, this property cannot be used until the next dawn. So, Kasumi, you said you wanted a tattoo, right? Yup. <laughs> uh, last but not least, we have the Blood Fury tattoo. This one gives you bloodthirsty strikes. The tattoo has 10 charges, and it regains all expended charges daily at dawn. While this tattoo is on your skin, you gain the following benefits. When you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can expend a charge to deal an extra 4d6 necrotic damage to the target, and you regain a number of hit points equal to the necrotic damage dealt. When a creature you can see damages you, you can expend a charge and use your reaction to make a melee attack against that creature, with advantage on your attack roll. That's a fantastic one. It's legendary though, so that's like... That's crazy rare. 
But I mean, just the idea of being able to get 24 hit points back if you roll perfectly. That's wild. Uh, well, th so that's all the tattoos. Um, which ones intrigue you guys the most? Uh, spellcasting one is probably going to be the most useful to somebody who's not like a monk or something like that. Truthfully, just because getting to cast like fucking <laughs> fireball or some shit for free. Yeah. Like, listen, the one the one regret that I have about Zahn is he does not actually know the lightning bolt spell. Like, you have no idea how much that fucking eats me up inside. It's like a lightning cleric that literally can't use lightning bolt. <laughs> I don't care if I had to give up something to get it. It just doesn't exist for a cleric, which sucks ass. Yeah, my heart goes out to you. I mean, like I said, it doesn't matter. Nim, what do you think? Life well. Life well? Kasumi? Yeah, to be honest, it would be nice to be able to feel more comfortable going in and be the stabby, stabby rogue. And if I go down, I just pop back up. Well, you pop back up with one HP. But... Uh, yes, one HP, but I am not like <clears throat> going to be in some hallway by myself after sneaking off and <laughs> just laying there <laughs> for someone to find me. <laughs> you remember the old robot chicken thing where they buried Jesus up to his neck and then the Cyclops <laughs> I could do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you're really starting to piss me off. Smack. Oh. So it sounds like the life well tattoo is the most popular there. That one is very rare. For end game, yeah, life well is going to be, I mean, like, how great is it to go up against a huge big bad and then when you die, just, you know, you don't die. <laughs> bum bum. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> hmm. I'm not sure which one I'd go for. Masquerade, okay. I could see being very good for like a bard sort of character. Mm -hmm. uh, spell rot, it kind of bothers me that that's a, a one-time use kind of deal. I mean, it makes sense, but <clears throat> yeah. Absorbing would be great if you knew what you were getting into beforehand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh. But it would kind of suck if you're like, yeah, I got a green tattoo, and and you literally never get up against acid damage, like, ever. It'll be one of those things where, like, you forget about it, and then the one time it actually freaking matters, you're just like, yeah. ah! <laughs> I foresaw this moment. No, like, even better, like, you're in a bar fight or something like that, and somebody's like, ha ha, I spread you acid splash! <laughs> you just, like, Oh, I'm actually gonna be fine. <laughs> uh, Ghost step can be really good. Life is great. Blood fury is seems a little broken, but yeah. Mm. Ooh, nope, not can't do that. Nope, it's too early for that shit. It's only seven o'clock. <clears throat> Uh, well, I mean, that pretty much covers all the 
tattoo options that are okay out. so before we move into the next one i do have something i want to show because it's literally something that i can see myself doing okay uh looking looking D meme sharing it's not not really anything crazy but uh and i'll read it so that everybody the... who's listening the Tarask stand. The DM is saying the Tarask stands before you, throws back its head, and unleashes a deafening roar. What do you do? The player character can the Tarask survive with fifteen cubic feet of its body missing? What? No. Cool. I've shoved this bag of holding inside this other bag of holding. <laughs> Black hole sun. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> That sounds just like that plan that uh, Vox Machina had where they <laughs> dimension doored inside of a dragon. Wow. Yeah, it didn't work out so well. I mean, it kind of yeah, I... worked. One of them ended up in the stomach and they were able to deploy the immovable rod inside. Uh, but the other one kind of ended up in the muscle tissue between the stomach and the skin and was suffocating <laughs> <laughs> oh hey there you go mm-hmm. alrighty well Nim you're the one that suggested the next bit you wanna take the reins here didn't he say parents need them oh did he well fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> um well, Nim suggested uh, creature creation with AI and character creation with AI. And I think what he was looking to do was for us to kind of come up with a creature and then have like an AI bot uh, make it, like make art for it. <clears throat> so I guess the first question I would have is, are there any creatures from other games that you guys would maybe want to see in D&D or feel like they would be a good fit for D&D, let's say. Like as a bad guy or as a playable creature? Uh, well, he said creature creation. So that generally means a monster to interact with or a creature to interact with, not a playable character. Um, I'm going to say this just because there would have to be a whole... Oh, whole lot of fucking, like, what can this do? What can't it do? The Flood from Halo. Oh. Uh-huh. Because, hmm. like, that's, if you go by game logic of what it can do, you know, it can infect people and, you know, take over people when they're dead or alive, depending on the situation. But if you go by lore flood if you breathe in air that's around them you will become the flood like they don't even have to fucking touch you <clears throat> so for the purposes of D, i'd probably go with the former um oh yeah no i agree 100 <laughs> percent. it would be simple enough to come up um they they have mechanics set up for kind of like mob mass battles where you know, you're going up against a horde of people and you make one attack and it takes out like three or four creatures, but you're fighting 
mobs of like 15. So the the 15 versions of those these same creatures have like a collective total of let's say 150 hit points but really each one only has 10 yeah. which would give you wait yeah so 150 hit points would give you 15 of them hmm. if my math is right cuz yeah 10 times 15 would be 150 so basically every 10 hit points you take off one of them would die so zon would go in there and deal like 60 damage with one swing and he'd take out six and a half of them gotcha so in that sort of a situation you would have in my brain that's how i would handle a horde a horde of flood and if there's any npcs then that would bolster their numbers a little bit um Especially if you're not able to save, like, a family cowering in an alleyway. You can't get to them in time. They die. Well, now you've got three more flood to deal with. That's 30 extra hit points you've got to take out. Gotcha. <clears throat> uh... Interesting. I'm just saying for a creative, like, because, like, flood have, so for, uh, like, I wouldn't say the mushroom tender, but kind of the mushroom tender, like have a hierarchy. Like mm -hmm. they have a hive mind. And we in the games have only seen a grave mind, which is like the lowest of the low when it comes to their higher intelligence. Like imagine a grave mind the size of a fucking planet. That's the potential of what those could be. Jesus. That's interesting. Yep. Oh, yeah. There's a reason why they, they fucking beat the Forerunners, bitch asses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only other thing that I hadn't really considered too much is how to handle the damage of the mobs hitting back. I suppose, potentially, I would just take a... get a creature of a, an appropriate CR to... Just have like a, a, a single attack, like, um, you know, you're a run D20, it's like a plus seven to hit, and it deals such and such damage, and the the flavor text is basically you're just getting wailed on by like six of them, kind oh. of thing. <clears throat> That's interesting. Uh, yeah. An enemy other than the Flood, or a creature other than the Flood. Sorry, say again? A creature other than the flood. I'm not gonna lie, I would actually enjoy seeing that waffle tanger that we came across being there. That's an interesting creature. Regardless of it being a threat or not. The, uh, the what? The vampire rabbit deer. Oh, thing. your bunny bullshit. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think it would be neat to have it in there. I'm not saying that it has to be. Yeah, the rules on it were were odd. Like it, it wouldn't take much to get it into D and D standards, but there there was just a few things that weren't yeah. quite right with it. What about you, Kirsten? What would you like to see in D and D creature wise? Well, as much as I was trying to think of something, uh, children. Mm. I could put children into the game. No, oh, you did. Please I almost don't. Killed them. No, please no. <laughs> Uh, well, let's let's think. What other what other games would have good creatures that aren't already in D and D? MMOs. 
Huh? MMOs. Like, any MMO would probably have some decent creatures. Um, oh, dude. Char would be great. They would be a fantastic D&D race. I mean, to be fair, they would almost be just an offshoot of a Tabaski. Well, I, I, I would probably tweak a few things. I said an offshoot, so you no, could no, 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 it. yeah, yeah. So let let's let's think about this because I'm I'm actually really interested in this in this uh, train of thought now. Um, so some of the traits of the char they're very tall. They average around, I think the shortest they can be is like what six feet. Mm-hmm. So you're anywhere from like six to eight feet tall, and you're hunched over, big ass cat with horns. Um. The main thing that I can think about them is, or I guess the, the main feature that I would look at is having separate movement speed for... All four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you're not holding anything in your hand, what would you say? Your movement speed is, like, 40, 50 feet, but if you're holding anything, it's back to 30 Seem like out of the realm of being powerful or not. That seems like pretty fair. Yeah. But now, how would we? How would that factor in if you were to go for a barbarian? Because a barbarian is one of the few classes that actually gets increased movement speed as you level up. Mm. Wait, wait. Say, ask the question again. So barbarians, when they level up, I'm pretty sure they get an increase in movement speed. Yeah. So I guess that would still just kind of carry over to both movement states. Uh, well, it depends. Well, hold on. Let me let me go take a look real quick since we're on this train of thought here. Um, let's see. Okay, so fast movement is a fifth level. So, uh, starting at fifth level, your speed increases by ten feet when you aren't wearing heavy armor. So, if we're going off of our thirty feet wielding. And 50 feet not wielding, you're going to 40 and 60. You said 40 at first, big guy. Oh, no, sorry. If you're wielding a weapon, it's 30. Yeah, and if you're not, you said 40. Oh, I thought I said 50. No, you said 40. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's... I still think that's fair. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, like, at that point, you would just add 10. So your normal movement would be 40, and then the other one would be 50. Yeah. Which is still good. I mean, that's not moving to scoff at. Yeah, that's... I'd be okay with that. That'd be pretty dope. Um, What other sort of racial features could we get from Char? Good I'm with assuming that they're... Huh? Good with trinkets and engineering. Uh, Okay, so proficiency with the Tinkerer's kit. The Tinkerer's Ooh, tool wait. kit. Artificer. Give them, like, a bonus to being an artificer. Well, you can't really give bonuses for a class. What you can do is give... Currently, you know, we're not talking about 1D&D rules here. We can give them a bonus to particular stats. So maybe like a plus 2 in strength or constitution, then a plus 1 in wisdom? Let me look and see what the rules are for Artificer. Give me two seconds of asking. What's their spell? gets popcorn off my so I can type again. Yeah, what's their, their spell casting modifier? Uh, da 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 
Where is it? Um... What the fuck? Why, why is it always so hard to find what your spell... Oh, spellcasting intelligence. There you go. So, there, therein lies the question. Do we make intelligence a plus one, or do we make intelligence the plus two? Probably, it's a constitution two, intelligence one. You don't think strength, considering how big they are? I mean, I guess constitution kind of makes sense, too, because of their Just size. Just because you're big doesn't mean you're strong. <clears throat> Fair. So a plus two to constitution, plus one to intelligence. Proficiency in Tinkerer's toolkit. Um, what else? There's not such a thing as like an engineering kit. Huh? There's nothing like engineering kit or anything like that, is there? No, no. Tinkerer's is what you're looking for there. Gotcha. Wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh. Oh. What? Depending on the campaign, what racials could be, you could give them a mount that they've made themselves. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do you think they'd have dark vision? I don't think it's ever really been addressed. No, I don't. I'd like, I'd like to say yes, but like, I, I just don't, because, like, I remember playing campaign missions where we were in the dark and freaking, you know what? what's his fair. name? Fair. Very fair. Uh, so just looking at some of the other potential comparisons, I'm looking at dwarves and gnomes. Uh, so gnomes have gnome cunning, which gives you advantage on all intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving throws against magic. Eh. No. Uh, dwarves have combat training. I absolutely think that the char would have something similar. They have proficiency with the battle axe, hand axe, light hammer, and war hammer. That yeah. sounds pretty fucking char to me. Yeah, if you don't already get that from being your class that you're looking at, but yeah. Well, I'm, again, which is why I'm looking at race, racial features. I'm not looking at classes because that yeah. kind of changes things. Uh, dwarves also have the tool proficiency, so you gain proficiency with artisan's tools of your choice. Smith's tools, brewer's supplies, or mason's tools. So if you wanted to do something similar for the char, I would definitely say tinkerer's kit. Or tinkerer's tools. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I kind of like the idea of giving them choices, so let me, let me look up what the full list of tools are. Um, oh, that's not what I want. Uh, I hate D&D Beyond's search feature sometimes. Tools kits. Oh, you're fucking... Oh, I hate their search feature. It's so stupid. Go to a character, manage inventory, search for tools. Uh, so carpenter's tools, cartographer's tools. I would say carpenter's tools would probably be one that they could have. Possible. So carpenter's tools, tinkerer's tools, uh, and smith's tools. So I would say that they would have their choice between the three of those. 
Yeah, no, I think that could be a, that could be a pretty fun race to have. And as, as I mean, at least as far as I can tell, there's nothing really that we've talked about so far that would be out of the realm of possibility or make them terribly broken. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so what else? What other what other characters or races from other games would be fun to see in D and D? Horan. Hmm. Horan. I thought you said something else. I definitely thought you said porn. <laughs> oh, Horan, big cow people from World of Warcraft. The Corin? Horan, the big cow people from World of Warcraft. Oh, Minotaurs. They're already in D&D. They're not Minotaurs. They're technically Minotaurs, dude. They are giant bipedal cows. That's basically a minotaur <laughs> don't they have cow, a cow species? <laughs> yeah minotaurs but no as far as like actual actual cows i don't believe so let me let me check real quick <clears throat> uh you may be thinking of the hippos though kirsten ah probably oh yeah no no that that's minotaurs uh I got excited. I saw a cow face and I was like, oh shit, I was wrong. But no, it's just, it's just Minotaurs. Uh, yep. There's also the Loxodon, which are basically elephant people. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's it. Mm. Um, Ooh. Otter hmm? people. What? What people? Otter people. Otter? Uh, someone actually made a homebrew race for them a little while ago. Uh, They're good at swimming. Crap, what were they called? Hold on. I got it here somewhere. Uh, Lutrinian. Oh, interesting. What's that? Oh, What's I was it? saying the name was interesting. Oh, yeah, it's uh, L-U-T-R-I-N-I-A-N. Huh. <clears throat> yeah, I actually had him for a one-shot uh, that I don't think ever happened. Mm. That's unfortunate. Uh, let's see, what were some of their racial features? Dexterity plus two. They reach adulthood at the age of five and rarely live past 40 years old. Uh, their oh alignment God, <laughs> due to their playful nature most Lutrinians are chaotic fun being their imperative they are more often than not neutral they are between 4 and 5 feet tall and an average of 75 pounds your size is medium your base walking speed is 25 and you have a swimming speed of 30 deep breaths you can hold your breath for a number of minutes equal to 1 plus twice your constitution modifier so for my guy, it'd be five minutes. Uh, you are charming. Your natural charm gives you proficiency with the persuasion skill. You are proficient with spears, slings, and tridents. You have proficiencies with two of the following. Carpenter's tools, tinkerer's tools, navigator's tools, or thieves' tools. <clears throat> um, for languages, you can speak, read, and write common. And you can speak to and understand the chirping, chittering, and barks of bees small and smaller as though you shared a language with them. 
Big hole. Yeah. Nothing overly powerful or strong, just kind of a fun homebrew race. Unless your campaign spans more than four years. Yeah. That'd be problematic. And then you're fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> we'll come back to this campaign 20 years later. Where's Jeff? He's dead. <laughs> well, actually, his name was uh, Lucian LeBeau, and his nickname was Bourbon. Yeah, it sounds like you. Yep. Uh, let's see. What other games do we play a bunch of that would be fun? Oh, actually. Hmm? In celebration of it coming out tomorrow, Ogrins. Oh, okay. Uh, I no, think the no, closest version of that would probably no, be a well, Goliath, just because they are technically half-giant. So... For people who don't know what this is, if you're listening, Ogrins are a World War or a Warhammer race. They're pretty much like about another half tall of a human, so they're averaging like eight to nine foot tall. And they're, and they're strong, hunched forward. And they are fucking stupid. <laughs> like they are not smart at all. Yeah. They don't like like they don't like complicated things. They like stuff that just works. So uh in case anybody doesn't know what that is. Um, essentially, for to put it into D&D terms, you're essentially playing a small ogre. Yep. You are dumb as a brick, you like to bonk, and simple is better. Yep. <clears throat> that is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to get a chance to play that tomorrow. Um... <clears throat> So for racials, gotta give them some form of the Ogren Bull Rush. Uh, that's simple enough. There's plenty of abilities out there. Um, uh, they're called charge abilities, mm -hmm. where if you move like 20 feet in a straight line, then you can knock people prone, deal bludgeoning damage, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So um, definitely have that. You'd have three points in Constitution. <laughs> well, now... <laughs> Now, the question with that uh, bull rush ability is, is there a limited number of uses? I'd rather like, say as many uses as your like, proficiency bonus. Proficiency probably. modifier. Okay. Mm -hmm. Resets after a long rest. Yeah, because that's not really that crazy. No. I do kind of like the idea of <laughs> just having a plus three to constitution. Yeah. Like, you don't, like, you're you strong, don't get yeah, two but... stat blocks. You just... You, you were literally a tank. You were there to absorb damage. We heard that you wanted to be <clears throat> chonky. <laughs> that particular feature is called thick-skinned. <laughs> no, strong back and weak mind. <laughs> well, that, that could be a, a separate feature where you're able to lift and carry... Uh, Twice your body weight. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's, uh, I forget which race has it, but um, so the calculations for lifting, carrying, pushing, and pulling, yeah, is based off of your size. So if you are still considered a medium-sized creature, this particular feature considers your push, carry, and all that as a large creature instead. Mm. <clears throat> 
Uh, let's see. I'm just kind of looking at some of the other games that we play on the regular, and yeah, I got nothing. I mean, to be fair, like D has like most of the races that exist in most fantasy settings covered, because true, most games have an elf. Most games have forms of humans. Most games have forms of like again, you said minotaurs. Most races. Or most games have dwarves, most games have gnomes, like goblins, like they exist. Like there isn't like tons of fantasy races that are different than norm until you get to like sci-fi. Where you yeah. have like again, we went to like Flood or whatever the Mass Effect races are, where you get like the chicks with the tentacles on the head, or the one with the purple mask that everybody thirsts over. Oh, Tali? Uh, yeah. Oh, Tali is Bay. Yeah. But and like, I think they're the other the, the tentacle head ones are a Asari? Asari is, yep, the, the tentacle head, and then the Turian. Oh, like, uh, Gareth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Krogans would be a great D&D race. They would be very interesting. I actually have an interesting monster creation in mind, but I was kind of waiting till Nim came back. Well, I will say this. That new book coming out, that add, I know this is going to sound cringy as hell, but it adds like all of the animal races in. Oh, the Delver's Guide? Yeah. I do think that's like, yeah, call it a furry or whatever you want, but like, realistically, realistically, <laughs> I'm interested to see if they give like species like that racials because I can I see do them believe being cool. they are. If yeah, I, I recall the developer update notes, you will be getting racials depending on what you pick. Yeah, it's one of those where it's like, yes, I understand furries, whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, technically a minotaur's a furry. Or Dabaxi. So I mean, you're not like, wrong. I mean, <clears throat> doesn't like you do what you want. I just do think stuff like that is the difference. Like, the difference between a animal race and a furry is the art style. No, it's nothing. It's all the same. It's it's not. No, it's it's all the same. <laughs> it's not. You you are jaded because you are one. I'm not jaded. I'm just talking to speaking. Ah, you're you're jaded. You're biased. Or That's what I'm looking for. Or are you biased because you don't want to be called a furry? <laughs> no, I don't fucking care. I'm looking from an outside point of view. Eh, debatable. <laughs> uh as much as I, I would I would like to theorycraft Krogans, I feel like they're sort of like a mixture between like Minotaurs and Turtles. There's not there's there's not a there's not a whole lot unique to them that doesn't already exist, if that makes sense. I don't think, anyway. Uh, I'm just, I'm like literally scrolling through my Steam uh, game list just to see if anything stands out. <laughs> Duck game. There's no, oh no, the, I was going to say, there's no avian species, but Hinger Dinger Durgan, there's the Kenku. Yeah. I do kind of like that they came back from their original lore that they can only mimic 
to, they can talk normally, but they can mimic kind of perfectly. Well, yeah. And it makes sense. Yeah. It's just, it's a, that can be a very difficult role play mechanic to only repeat things you've heard in the past. Like you've got to take some wicked good notes or just have a great memory. Well, and that's kind of along the lines of like playing um, like a golem. A golem. Or kind of like Warforged, but I think they do have like golem races to where they only say one word. Oh, I am Groot. Uh, Yeah, like basically Groot, but metal. Um, I'm not sure about that. I mean, maybe there's a homebrew race for that, but that's not really striking a bell. Might be homebrew. I mean, the closest other thing I can really think of is the auto gnome, but they're able to talk and move around like normal. So far as I remember reading, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well but get out of my wine. There's no telling when Nim's going to be back, so did you want to uh, go over your creature idea? So, my proposition was, do you remember any really creepy childhood monsters from, like, cartoons? I thought you were going to say child. I'm like, oh. There's a really, really, really old show um, called... I remember there's one specifically about monsters. Where, like, the dude has, like, he almost looks like an upside-down hand, but with, like, a mouth and its stomach... And like the weird long eyes. Uh, I don't know. I mean, honestly, any monsters from like an early '90s cartoon would be very interesting to see, as uh, depicted in a more realistic art, like art drawing. Do you remember a show called Pirates of the Dark Water? No. Okay. I don't think I was allowed to watch that. <laughs> believe it or not it was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon uh, oh. the general premise I believe is that like there's this prince and he has a gem and the gem is able to get rid of the dark water the dark water is essentially like this sentient black oil substance that's in water and <laughs> it essentially just consumes anything that's near it or that it comes into contact with and that huh. gem is the only thing that, like, makes it fizzle and fade away. I loved that cartoon growing up as a kid, but it was canceled long before it reached any sort of a conclusion. But I guess the idea of having that just water, the dark water, and just engulfing shit is just... <clears throat> Uh, let's see. So a young man learns that he is a prince with an urgent quest to save his world by finding 13 magical treasures of rule. Uh, let's see. Oh, I forgot that Tim Curry voiced it. <laughs> <laughs> or voiced some of it. Uh, as lighthouse keeper rescues a stranger floundering in the rocks near his home, he learns the man was an aide 
to his true father, the great king. Blah, blah, blah. Crystal guiding him to a dragon that shows him the only way to claim his heritage. Blah, blah, blah. Skimming ahead, skimming ahead. Uh, let's see. That quest becomes all the more urgent when Ren learns that the dark water, a carnivorous form of water that consumes anything it snares, threatens to envelop and destroy his world, and only the treasures he seeks can stop it. Huh. So yeah, that... Woo! That's a blast from the past. You know, now <laughs> that I think about it, I know that orcs exist in D&D Beyond. I would love to see them put lore-accurate orcs from Warhammer in d d <laughs> They're all magic casters. They're just too fucking stupid to realize it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i love the orc lore from 40k because they basically if they believe in if enough of them believe in something hard enough it becomes true yeah so like, like they'll they'll have a gun and they'll say like oh yeah this gun shoots these really big bullets it's great and then that orc dies and a space marine runs out of bullets and he goes to pick it up he's like well this doesn't fucking work at all and he, like, he's pulling the trigger. There's no ammo in it or anything. It's like, fuck it, this is stupid. And Orc goes, ooh, big gun. Daka, 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 daka. And just starts yeah. shooting it. <laughs> yeah, like, guns, weapons, they just work. Like, vehicles just work. Like, they're... It's one of those where, like, mob mentality really kind of shines in this so like if you had to do it it'd probably be like one of those one shots where everyone's a fucking orc because then it just makes sense completely and totally but like i love that idea of your entire party just psyching each other up like oh yeah it'll be great you just jump on that and it's a speedboat it's like a bathtub it's like you just sit in it you turn the knob and it goes real quick and everyone's like oh that's amazing let's go turn the knob no, let's paint it red it'll go faster <laughs> <laughs> like oh that's even better you paint orcs red they get bonus 10 feet of movement if you paint orcs purple they get, they get an advantage, advantage on stealth, stealth rolls <laughs> <laughs> ain't never seen a purple orc it's the stealthiest color <laughs> hands down that would be the fucking funniest campaign of all time you would have to have a dm of just the most patient fucking <laughs> brain power imaginable that'd be great too that would be oh, fucking yeah. hilarious though oh, like, the, even oh, the God. better part is orcs don't have like a sense of what money is to them money is teeth like actually teeth from your mouth orcs and warhammer are like sharks <laughs> When they lose teeth, they just fucking grow back. So, like, going up to, like, a veteran just smacking a bunch of teeth on the fucking table. Oh, that one. Oi, how much this melon right here? Oh, that'll be three teeth. All right. Just face desks, knocks a couple teeth out. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That shit's too funny. Oh, that would be Fucking hilarious. I think the thing that made me wanted to get into orcs so much, <laughs> even though I never did, just because I couldn't handle doing a horde army that I actually needed to paint armor for. Um, oh, yeah. It was, it was two situations. Oh, I was playing against a guy with his orcs, and I was playing my bugs. And the two things that happened is he had a truck, and he just put all of his boys in it. 
and he started moving it across the table, and a few of them fell out, and he just started rolling dice. He rolled the dice, and then he took like three of them off the table and put two of them back, and it's like, what just happened? like, well, they fell out of the, the truck, so I had to see if they survived. These guys didn't survive. These guys did, so they ran and got back on the truck. It's like, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> he continues his turn, <clears throat> and he has some orcs with a jetpack, and he moves them, and then he rolls more dice. I'm like, okay, well, what's happening now? And he just takes one of them off the, the table. It's like, what happened there? It's like, oh, I rolled a one. Basically, that guy's jetpack just went, and just like popped in the sky. Like, he's just dead. It's like, I want to play orcs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so great. Yeah, I, I love the orc lore. Uh Let's see what what else would be good. I'm I'm, I'm kind of running out of stuff to uh, really talk about here because, I mean, we're, we can be done with the specific one. No, I, I know, but I mean, I don't really have much else to really talk about at the moment. I mean, Nim had to dip to do stuff with his family. Uh, Becca's not here. She's one of the ones that recommended tattoos that we talk about. I remembered it. It's Gazgul Thraka. I knew it was a G. <laughs> I don't know why I I'm sitting here staring at the screen. I'm like, Thraka. I'm like, Gaskell. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, Kirsten, you got anything you want to talk about? Anything that's ever confused you about D&D? Or just anything in general? Not that I can think of right now. Well, Shit. Uh, yeah, I'm out of ideas. I got nothing. Somebody think of a game. Any game. And I'll bullshit my way and figure out how to get a character from it uh, into the... Destiny. Destiny? Yes. Uh, well, we've already got Warforged. We've already got humans. Ooh, Fallen. Uh, technically we have those now because of Spelljammers. Oh, wait. Oh, no. The, uh, what are they called? The the Thrykreen? No. (laughs) Ian. What? (laughs) There's a race in Destiny you haven't seen before. (laughs) Huh? One second. I have to find it. Because my first thought was Cabal. But we've already kind of sort of-ish covered them with talking about Ogryn. They're, yeah, more or less the same deal. They're... They're the... Darkness race. Their race exists outside of space time. They're temporal beings like guardians. They have the ability to warp reality around them. Makes sense? So, probably more of a BBEG than a playable race. Right? No! Basic dude. So, uh. Let me explain briefly how Guardians work. So Guardians in themselves use light, which is how they create all of their abilities. That's not really how physics work. They break physics by being temporal beings, meaning they create shit out of nothing. It works the same with the other, like with this race. Even their basic guys could do very basic amounts of manipulation when it comes to the actual existence of things. So, like, imagine Rachel's, like, I exist over there now. Like, you could just 
immediately so you somewhere just get else. like a passive missy step to a degree imagine it kind of like a taken i guess is a good way taken or just like a super basic bitch version of this enemy okay well so like multiply trans transport or transfer themselves between locations um completely and totally make something immune to taking damage by completely and totally focusing on it doing nothing else kind of thing like they have ah that'd be uh, yeah you're right that would probably have to be a big bad boss that'd be way too fucking broken <laughs> yeah <clears throat> i mean unless you were to spread those abilities out over the course of you know 20 levels yeah <clears throat> Oh god, that's I'm not gonna, that sounds really cool. <laughs> well, that's something to work on in the future. Yeah, future Ian. Well, uh, I'm kind of out of things to talk about, and I'm also out of whiskey, so might just uh, be calling this one a little bit of an early stream because uh, the people that suggested topics are not. Oh, hold up, he's back. We stalled just long enough, maybe. Hi, Nim. So, how you doing? Good. What all I miss? Uh, lots. We talked about uh, the Flood being a creature. We talked about the Char from Guild Wars being a playable race. Zach mm -hmm. is now geeking out over the idea of having a quasi-Destiny 2 Taken be a, uh, a playable race. And I forget what Kirsten, what creature Kirsten was talking about that she wanted to wait for you to be here for, but we went ahead since you were gone for so long. Oh, um, just my suggestion if we were looking at like interesting D and D monsters to add, is if you think of any like '90s like monster <clears throat> oh, characters, right. like even cartoons, how they would look in a more realistic setting in D and D. And I said the the dark water from Pirates of the Dark Waters. Hmm. But you you were you're a nineties kid. Any mm -hmm. cartoons you can think of offhand? Cause for whatever reason that's the first thing that came to mind for me. Grang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah. well Yeah, whatever that is. I guess you technically kind of have them in the form of Illithid. True. In a weird sort of way. <clears throat> Let me... Thank you. I don't remember the name of that really weird 90s show about monsters. Uh, uh, real monsters. Uh, real monsters? Yes. So, like, seeing one of those creatures, but in a realistic art. Yes. I hold my own eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think his name was Crumb, wasn't it? It was it was Ickis Crumb and I can't remember the licorice stick girl. Maybe. Hold on, that's gonna bother me. I gotta look that up. And I would try to recreate them with the um, AI, but I am in the middle of a game. Oblina. It was Ickis, Oblina, Crum, Grumble, Snorch, Zimbo, Simon, and Bradley. <laughs> and Bradley. <laughs> Dang it, Bradley. 
Oh, dude, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, they would absolutely be chaotic trickster gods. Hell <laughs> <clears throat> oh, yeah, dude. Um, it, literally anything from Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you stupid little dog. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? <clears throat> oh, God. Ren and Stimpy? Ugh. Ooh, they would be creepy looking. Uh-huh. Invader Zim. <laughs> Why is there bacon in the soup? <laughs> I made it myself. <laughs> I would say gargoyles, but uh, I feel like that's kind of limited. Imagine a gargoyle playable race, though. Mm, it's um, one of those where it's, it's tricky. I feel like that's kind of leaning a bit towards um, either either Dragonborn or Aarakocra. Mm. Although I guess it could be like a happy middle ground between Goliaths and Aarakocra. You've got the the wings for flight. You've got stones endurance. Um, I guess the main question would be is do you give them the negatives from the show? Like sunlight hits them and they turn to stone? <laughs> or do That's you just sort of... Sensitivity. It opens up so many levels of bigotry. So mm -hmm. just kind of give them a similarity to kobolds. Kobold eyes. Okay. <clears throat> Pardon. Uh, let's see. What other? I'm I'm literally like on Google, just scrolling through '90s shows. Uh, oh God, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Uh, I mean, there's SpongeBob. They would absolutely be trickster gods. No, this is Patrick. <clears throat> oh, cat dog. I was thinking about saying that earlier, but it's just too horrifying. That would be a freaky monster to go up against. What what would the abilities be for cat dog? Like, what would make it such a scary creature? I guess multi-attack to start. Uh, you have to roll to see which head is in charge. Why? I mean, how, how does that affect the players? As far as, like, just normal combat would go. Maybe one head's a caster, one head is a freaking melee. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Um, another interesting monster was... Do you guys ever watch the show Quest for Camelot? Yeah. The mutated chicken with the axe head. Oh. <laughs> Chainsaw man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that in a while. <clears throat> that would be interesting. It's literally just the dumbest creature, but it has like a plus 17 to hit for whatever reason. <laughs> for piercing damage. Yeah, it's it slashing damage, I would think, for an axe. Oh, yeah. It doesn't it even do that much damage. 
<laughs> yeah, like it does like it does fuck all for damage, but it's almost always guaranteed to hit, and it's hard as fuck to hit back because it's just so small. <laughs> uh, uh, Gumby. Well, I guess Gumby would kind of be a slime. Yeah. <clears throat> oh God, Reap. SWAT cats? Oh my god, I haven't thought about SWAT cats in forever. Furries. <laughs> <laughs> Street sharks. Furries. Yep. <laughs> E-Man and Skeletor. <laughs> I mean, I would say that those characters already exist. I mean, if you're looking mm -hmm. at Skeletor, you've got like Vecna. He-Man, I mean, God, he's, he's just a barbarian. Or I guess technically he'd be a paladin. Uh, well, I think I'm kind of... Uh, I feel like we're floundering a little bit. But well, we didn't <laughs> generate any art. Well, you were gone. Let's generate some art. I mean, you should generate art for the axe chicken. <clears throat> Yeah, generate some art. This will this will be great for the podcast. <laughs> we'll still put it in our in our creature share. <laughs> oh, I guess you can't uh, share the images when you're done. Oh, I can. <clears throat> okay, because that. What am I might... typing in? Um, axe chicken. Axe chicken. Axe chicken. Chicken. So if you haven't already, please join the Discord. The link should be down below in the description of the podcast. Or if you're watching on the VOD, there should be a clickable link uh, down below in the description. And if you're on Twitch, there's also a link down below that you can click to join us. And these shall be posted within the creature shares. <clears throat> nice. Well, that's not at all what I was expecting. <laughs> Maybe chicken axe head. Or axe head chicken. Axe head chicken. Because the thing with the AI is it all depends on your order of words and your phrasing. That oh. that looks like a pancake. Like a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, end the stream here just because this isn't going to translate very well into podcast form. Uh, so... Thank you all so much for joining us tonight or whenever you're listening to this in podcast form or on the VOD on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you have any suggestions on what you would like us to talk about or discuss or review as far as D&D races, specific rules, uh, join the Discord. There is a channel where you can give us suggestions and we'd be more than happy to talk about them. So uh, until the next time we go live, uh, does anyone else have any other announcements? <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, so we will not be having our D&D session next week because it is Thanksgiving uh, but as of right now the Friday after Thanksgiving uh, or the, the week after Thanksgiving we will have a makeup session of D&D and then we will have another session the week after that to get back onto our normal schedule so we don't uh, really miss out on the numbers 
two D and D consecutive weeks. Two, yeah, D and D in two consecutive weeks. It's going to be interesting. Uh, so, <laughs> so tune back in for that. Kind of excited because these guys are getting to confront somebody again here very shortly. But regardless, oh. thank you again so much for watching. We will be back for Whiskey Wednesdays. Um, yeah, in the next two weeks, I don't see a problem with that. Nope. Should be good. All right. Well, good night, everybody. Thank you for watching. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Whiskey Wednesdays podcast. You can watch the show live on Twitch every other Wednesday. If you'd like to recommend a topic for us to discuss, please join our Discord. The links can be found in the description, and we look forward to seeing you soon.